This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Good morning. You're listening to The Property Show on The Morning Run and I'm Philip C. Joining me on the show today is Timothy So from KW Malaysia as we talk about the evolving profession of the real estate agent industry and how that profession has definitely moved or shaped as a result of the pandemic. A very good morning to you, Timothy. How are you keeping? Good morning. I'm doing fine. How about you? I'm doing not so bad. And I'm so intrigued and in wondering, right, how real estate agents have evolved throughout the pandemic because it must have been a super difficult time, you know, trying to sell property in, in a time when everybody was at a lockdown stage, no? Yeah, it, it is extremely challenging. I mean, if you... I, I don't really have stats for, for Malaysia, but I think I have some stats for, 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 for US. You know, the National Association of Realtors, they have like 1.6 million agents. Uh, and if you look at the data, right, I think almost... I would say 80-90% of the agents uh, have very, very little transactions. So we foresee that a lot of people are going to go out of business uh, in the near term or in the long run. So uh, it has been really, really challenging to be to, to a lot of agents. And we also have seen a lot of usage of di- digitalization, uh, agents adopting tech and agents that doesn't adopt tech getting out of business. So it's really an interesting time to be in. Yeah, and I'm glad I'm surviving now. Well, I'm glad you survived and many did survive. But, you know, the question in my mind is the really basic question. How did you chari makan, mm-hmm. you know, as a part, as a time when there were no transactions, you couldn't go out, do viewings and such. How did most agents keep up? Because, correct me if I'm wrong, the incentive and payment structure is very much commission-based, isn't it? Uh, it is, but I think there are also a lot of agents that are not just looking at commission. Because if I'm running a company, if I'm going to pay you everything and I'm not going to give you any support you are most likely not going to make it. There are, there are some agents that are thinking in a, in a way that uh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm looking for a mentor that has done something that I really want to do. So I don't mind I, I don't mind getting a bit lesser and I would love that coaching system that, that's going to help me excel my career. So there's always two, two school of thoughts. And I guess this is the point, right? As a result of the pandemic, are you seeing now people as they start their own careers, they realize the importance of the network, they realize the importance of being a part of an institution that basically also provides some buffer against these uncertainties and volatilities versus those where, you know, it's purely increasingly more incentivized. Now, how do you see the incentive and payout structures evolve for real estate agents moving forward then? I definitely see a lot of... Uh it's getting really, really competitive. I see agencies are paying higher and higher and higher to try to, to try to bring people in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one thing. But I also seen another thing is that solo agents are starting to be part of a team. They realize that to do everything by themselves is getting really, really tiring and they're losing market share because a lot of newer agents are teaming up regardless you're in the primary market or you're in a secondary market. You see that happening. Mm-hmm. So they realize that if they don't shift they're going to get out of business. So they, they started doing that. By the way, uh, how we see this market is really a market shift, I think. You see, when, when just now you asked me about market share and, and all, right? when the market is great, say there's 100 transactions and you do 10 transactions a year. So indirectly, you actually own 10% of the market share. But when the transaction decreases, say when the transaction decreases from 100 to 50, 
our role as real estate agents is really to double up on all of our efforts and try to maintain the same transaction uh, amount. So example, if the, the pandemic hits and there's only 50 transactions, and if you can maintain a 10 transactions still, you're actually indirectly owning 20% of the total market share. So when eventually the market recovers, when the market shifts again, uh, you're going to gain more market share. So, so our role is really to focus on doubling down on our lead generation and doubling down on our open houses or all the online activities. So, so that's what we are trying to do to stay afloat in this market. And I realize when you say teams, what happens then is it becomes like a bit of a turf, right? Like an estate agent for within a team is responsible for a specific area and another agent does another area. So they cross-collaborate and they cross-sell and they do referrals to the other agent responsible for a specific property and such. Do you see that happening quite a lot for your network where an agent is dedicated to a site only? And how is the incentive structure and payouts different then when you do these referrals coming through? Right. I certainly see that some agents that aren't open to this idea previously is now open. And I think it's not a bad thing. You look at it, we we each play to our own strengths. Some agents are really good in picking up the calls. Some agents really hate doing that. Some agents just want to be on site. They just want to show and all. So instead of the old traditional method where I go in and say that you want to be a real estate agent, you have to do all of this. If you don't do all of this, you, you can't be on team. Yeah, so, so now we play to everyone's strength. I think, I think at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everyone. And of course, there are still people that are very entrepreneurial and come in and I want to do everything by myself. I just pay me the maximum you can and I want to manage my own business, I want to manage my finance, I want to hire my own people to do that. And of course, there are people like that. Uh, I, I don't think everyone in the, in the world is safe, but definitely I'm seeing a lot of people uh, going into the action. I'm, I'm okay to just show I've agents that are getting over by day. Uh, I don't want to do everything by myself. I don't want yeah. to call. I don't want to do this. I, I just want to be on site. Yeah, just send me the leads ourselves. I don't mind getting lesser. I'm okay with that. So this is where I find very fascinating because if we talk about the, the the profession of the real estate agent, it is always about the relationship with the individual, with the salesperson. And even in the case for me, uh, you know, when I have a real estate agent where the really experience was good, I would always go back to him or her and say, look, any other opportunities and such, right? And when I hear you, that's changing, isn't it? It's less about the relationship of a specific person, but a relationship with an institution, a network that can provide the breadth and depth of services you need to do as we see more complexity coming through because your customers are also becoming increasingly complex, no? I would still argue that, uh, I agree with your point, I agree that real estate is a very context for uh, uh, where you have to systematically touch base with a client and all, but instead, but I think think of it as a leverage kind of relationship. So maybe as a buyer's agent, my focus is uh, to, to maintain relationship with the buyers and probably my listing agent I, I do have a listing agent. Her role is to maintain and systematically touch point with the sellers so that when people want to sell a property, eventually they'll think of us, right? And eventually when people want to buy a property, they will want to buy with us. You see, a lot of agents are looking for, I think a lot of agents are looking for quality leads. As in, they're looking for someone that wants to sell immediately or someone that wants to buy immediately. Mm. But if you look at the stats, right? Uh, everyone moves house on average like seven or eight uh, years once every seven or eight years. So the, the problem is not about the quality of the leads. The problem is about the quality of the follow-up. The thing is, are you systematically touching base with your clients that eventually when they decide to make a decision to purchase, to sell, to upgrade, to downgrade, is are you going to be that first person that comes through their mind or not? 
it is a very good point because the, the the time it takes to move from one property to the next is, as you say, very long, seven to eight years, right? So to yep. a certain extent, it is your resilience. It is your ability to ensure the follow-up and to be first of mind when that person makes a call to decide. And I guess then it requires a certain character, a certain nature of that person that's very unique to the real estate agent profession. How has it evolved versus, say, 10 years ago? I think it's still very much the same. Uh, human behavior haven't really changed a lot. I think it's still the same. I wouldn't say it changed a lot. And is there a big distinction between re- uh, residential and commercial? Like, do you see, when you look at your customers and even the nature of the real estate agents, the way they deal with residential, the way they deal with commercial, very different than, or even industrial to a certain extent? Oh, yes. Very, very different. Uh, you, you see, when, when we do residential, it's more of an emotionally based business. People mm-hmm. come in, they like it, they they feel it, they, they, they envision themselves living in that house and then... Sometimes a lot you sell of the dream like emotionally. Yeah, you sell the dream. Yeah, it's like correct. It's an emotional decision. But when you go into commercial and industrial real estate, sometimes the approach that we do is very different. Uh, we'll go, we'll reverse. For example, if we're talking about REITs, we'll we'll be looking at what are they looking at their criteria, the triple nets, and all. We'll work out the numbers, reverse calculate, and then we propose accordingly according to the corporate mandate and all. So it's it's a very very different ball game. I would say that industrial and commercial is very very technical. Residential is you're playing the emotions. Yeah, how do you structure the teams differently then when you deal with you know residential versus commercial slash industry? What's how different are the incentive structures? How different is the payment payouts between both teams for real estate agents then? Right. So uh, a lot of residential agents do want to do solo. I let them do solo. Certain agents that are getting over, uh, they just want to show. So they are, a lot of times they are just stationed at the sales gallery. I have a team of people that's going to try to invite people to the gallery for them to serve. For commercial industrial, uh, I work a little bit different. I'm involved in the process. So I work with the buyers. They work with the sellers. Mm. Right. So, so it's a 50-50% relationship on that. And when you talk about the tools that you provide now to the agents, we, you were in, you were implying a bit just now that you know digital has come to the forefront quite a bit, right? And so with respect right. to engagement with prospective clients, how have you embedded digital and technology into the process? Where is it most prevalent uh, and real? I think at the end of the day, when we talk about digital, we talk about tech, right? We refer a lot about technology. You see, technology is here to enhance our life or perhaps we can gradually remove ourselves from certain aspects of the business and start leveraging. So we definitely see a lot of changes. We see more open houses online right now. You see, if agents really know how to play the game, they, they understand that real estate is still a contact spot. They will play it very well. Because at the end of the day, right, people do business with you because they know you, they like you, and they trust you. Right. So certain things that certain certain things have changed a lot. We 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 certainly done done a lot of videos right now. We are doing a lot of videos right now. And and that advantage is that I can be here talking to you and somebody can be looking at our open houses. Right. I, I can be omnipresent right now. Yeah. Literally I can be omnipresent right now. We've seen 3D house walkthrough, we've seen Zoom presentations and all, uh, we've seen e payments. But it's also very interesting that I, I, I came across this article uh, written by the CEO of KW. It says that nothing will ever fully replace face-to-face interactions. Uh, the CEO believes that savvy agents go back. Uh, he, he predicted that if everyone just zoom in and nobody ever does anything in person anymore, it's going to leave the door wide open for the savvy real estate agents to say, well, I understand that the other agents aren't coming to your house. So I'm coming. Right? So the real estate agents... Mm-hmm. 
that know how to balance the digital and the physical is going to win. And that balance is that point of differentiation there. Yes. All right, and we're going to take a short break for messages and come back for some more discussion on the future profession of real estate agents. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C. And with me today is Timothy Tho. He's from KW Malaysia as we talk about how the real estate agent profession has evolved as a result of this pandemic. Now, Timothy, I looked at your CV. It's a really interesting CV. You did a degree in music. How did you stumble into the profession of real estate? You know, uh, I, by the way, a huge shout out to all the musicians. I love you guys. Uh, I, I love music. I still enjoy playing music. You know, when I was doing a lot of performance and gigs, I was really struggling with payments. I remember that certain events I get paid like one year later. Uh, it's really, really long. And I remember that one night we were sitting in a studio, we were rehearsing. And then suddenly one of the vocalists just stopped singing and then she just turned to us and asked us, Hey guys, uh, I'm really struggling like, are we going to do this uh, forever? Like, do you see yourself doing this forever and all? Wow. So that conversation actually strikes something. And and so happened that this vocalist's mom is working in uh, a company called GMAC Realtors, which is now part of KW. So yeah, she got us all into real estate. The whole, the whole band, we went into real estate together. So it was really an act of economic desperation as you saw someone not being able to generate income in the midterm. So it was that push, right, to basically yeah. find something sustainable from an income point of view. But in terms of honing that skill of becoming a real estate agent, I mean, look at you, right? You are a National Real Estate Award winner. You are the Commercial Sales of the Year Award and MIEA Million Dollar Achiever title in 2021. I mean, these are really accolades that reflect your success as an estate agent. When did you know you had in the bag that you could actually do this? Because I'm sure it wasn't that natural immediately, was it? Yeah, it's not natural. I mean, to be honest, I'm actually quite an introvert. I don't really, I I can't hang out for too long. I feel a bit trained sometimes. Yeah, because of work, I can talk a bit. I think success is really about hard work more than talent. You, You require a little bit of talent, but a lot of it is success. And Maybe what got me here is really understanding my big why. You need to. A lot of people don't know why they do what they do. Mm. For me, during that period of time, I knew that I was dating from my my wife girlfriend then. Uh, that I need I needed to get married. Like her relatives are chasing me. My parents are asking me. You guys have been dating for so long. Uh, and and my career is going nowhere. And my girlfriend then asked me, "How long are you going to do this still?" Right. What are our plans for our future, our family and all? Do you, do you see us having kids and all? So that really got me going. Uh, in my mind, I really know what I needed to do. Why am I doing what I'm, go- what I'm doing? I have to do it. It's do or die. So I think that got me going all the way until today. Do and die really feels, and that's the fuel, right, that fired you to move this forward and you had to make this work. I'm sure there are many failures, many setbacks throughout this journey as you, you know, continue to reap success. Now, what were the biggest points in your whole journey as a real estate agent that got you to rethink whether this was the right thing for you then? Honestly, I didn't really think about what's the right thing for me. My thought process has been always, is this the best thing for my family? I think for me, my constant thought is just about my family. Is this the best thing for my family? Am I going to provide enough for them? If I die tomorrow, uh, am I going to leave them debt? So I'm going to leave them assets. Uh, is my wife going to make it? Uh, is my daughter, I have a newborn, two months. Is she going to have a great life? So so my mind is really all about my family. I would say that I think 
very less about myself nowadays. Yeah. And the next generation of real estate agents you see coming through the lines, right? Coming through the organization, right? How different are they from those, you know, veterans that we've seen, you know, 20, 30 years ago? How difficult or how hard is it now to be a real estate agent? You see, I think that there are, there are more and more real estate agents every single day. Uh, it seems like anyone can be a real estate agent. Uh, and certainly we see the transactions uh, probably decline, declining a little bit. Yeah, So I think that it's really, really hard to capture the market share. Another thing I also feel that I, I really like the uh, how, how innovative young people are nowadays. But I think one thing that is lacking a little bit, it's probably understanding their big why. I, I, I find that a lot of, not, not all, a lot of young people, uh, they don't really know what they're doing. They need a lot of motivation. They're still discovering. I don't know, it's because of social media, because of a lot of false expectation. Yeah, that's, that's the biggest challenge I have right now running a team. Like you, you need, Sometimes you find yourself needing to uh, constantly motivate them, whereas older agents, they know that, hey, I got to do this. I got a family to feed. I got a kid. That's my big boy. I wake up every day. I know that I have to provide for my family. I don't need anyone to motivate me. Leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, and this is, I think, one of the biggest issues, especially for younger people. I guess getting that big why may come eventually, but not yet so fast. I think that's one of the biggest concerns. And yeah. the worry is that it's quite monetary-driven, it's quite financial-driven. Do you see any other motivations moving real estate agents? Because we are entering a period of very much high volatility, isn't it? High uncertainties right. coming through in the market. You're seeing really challenging economic conditions taking place, not only in Malaysia, but around the world. How do you expect real estate agents to prepare themselves for these really seismic changes that are going to happen soon. You see, you see, you see finance is just a tool. Money is just a tool. Money is not the ultimate destination. Uh, a lot of people said, I want to make uh, a million. I want to make five million. I want to make 10 million. The thing is that they don't know why they want to make that million for. Because at the end of the day, again, money is a tool. Money is not the destination. So if they don't know the big why, they are going to be, you, you need to constantly motivate them. It's, it's not going to work out. So, so if an agent comes in and he just tell me that he want to be rich, I know that probably is not going to sustain a lot. Versus an agent that comes in and I really need help. Uh, I need to feed my family. I've been jobless for months. I'm on, very tight. I know what I, what I need to do. Just tell me what I need to do it. Right. So I I, I see that huge difference in, ter uh, in in terms of that. And the second you're talking about the market. Right. I think a lot of I think agents that focus on the next six months or the next sale are not going to make it. Agents that understand that uh, we are in cycles. I, I, I like I like this video by Ray Dalio, uh, the how the economic machine works, the three things uh, the, that drive the economy, right? The productivity growth, the short term, long term debt cycle. And if agents that really understand the macro economy and see that we are in an early recession. Uh, the U.S. inflation data is hot. Federal Reserve is still going to increase the interest rate by twice. Uh, and high interest rates, which means less spending power, people are going to spend less, people are going to feel poor. And agents that truly understand that are going to work uh, the next six months uh, and try to bring in as much money as they can to last them for the next two to three years because nobody really knows what the market is coming in the next two to three years, right? If Versus an agent that is thinking all the time, I want to buy a nice car, I want to go for a holiday mm. in the next six months. Yeah, I think I think it's likely that people like that might go out of business versus that people are thinking uh, of the game in the long run. 
And let's talk about skills now that are relevant for real estate agents. If I was to put you on the spot and say, what are the top three skills real estate agents need to have in this day and age? What are they? Uh, I would say listening. Of course, we are in a customer service line, right? We need to know what people want. Uh, communication skills is really important. Also, you need to effectively communicate with your client. And I think, uh, I don't know if tech is a skill, but I think technology is really, really important today. And when you when you talk to real estate agents now, are many of them doing side hustles? Are they, is, is real estate agent the core job and then there's another side hustle? Or is it the reverse where they have a core job and then being a real estate agent is a side hustle? Uh, the second one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've seen that a lot. <laughs> oh, really? And, how, how, and does it work out most of the time when that happens? No. You see... My, one of my role is a productivity coach, right? So I help my agents to actually uh, see through what, I mean, a productivity versus activity. A lot of people like to do a lot of activities, but actually if you put them down on a piece of paper, it doesn't really generate them any income. So, so my role is to help people to be productive. And by being productive, it's actually to just do less. A lot of times success is doing less, is not doing more. Fair point. That's all the time we have for today's property show. Thank you for being on the show, Timothy. That was Timothy Thor from KW Malaysia as we talk about the evolving profession of real estate agents. I'm Philip C. signing off for The Morning Run. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.